It is time for the sermonettes, y'all. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you are well, and I hope that you are ready. Please listen to this sermonette by our very own narrator, Azariah Ellington. Samson and Delilah, Judges chapter 13 through 16. Okay, today we're going to talk about Samson and Delilah. And the story of Samson and Delilah is, is a powerful story because it demonstrates how God, when he purposes to renew a situation, it is so different than what you would think it would be. You take the story of Samson and Delilah and you have God bringing a man into the world for a people who have disconnected themselves with him by sin. You can disconnect for all sorts of reasons, but these people disconnected with God through their sins. And because of their sins, they became servants, slaves, subjects. To another group of people. Now, God is going to redeem them for this because there were cries going out from amongst these people that God would redeem them. And in this case, and at this time, he sent Samson. He brought Samson on miraculously through a woman who could not have children. He sent an angel to this woman to declare that he was going to break forth for these people and bring them out of their subjugation and slavery because they cried out to him. But imagine that God would give you what you want. He would heal you the way you wanted him to heal you, that he would bring you down the path that you would want him to bring you down. And God says, I'm going to bring you my way. His way in this situation was Samson. Samson of all people, one might think, if you know this story and what we will relate in this story, it is just magnificent the way God chose to do this. He brought Samson into the world as a Nazarene. Nazarenes are special, just like you might look at your minister in church and you would think Nazarene. He doesn't drink. Preacher in the church, Nazarene. He doesn't eat anything that would disassociate him with his relationship with God. So he wouldn't eat pork. He, he wouldn't eat certain types of seafood. And God began to isolate this man and purify him in the eyes of the people, in the eyes of his family, in the eyes of those who even were his enemies. They recognized his special character, characteristics. And then he pours out this one extra thing on Samson and gives him to be a man of great strength, which was the frightening part for everybody. But can you imagine? Here it is, as it is broke open in many stories, broken open in many stories, it is that people who have power usually do not have the other characteristic that would be wonderful if it went along with power, and that's wisdom. And if they don't have wisdom, they have another missing link. 
And a lot of times that's a lack of love. And if they don't have love and wisdom, then they have another thing that may be missing. And that is a lack of faith. And then finally, they don't have that one thing that we all purpose in life. And that is to have what we want. Now, if you could take all of that and cage it and say, this is God's way of bringing me back to him after I've sinned and fallen away, that he sends me a mighty man with great power who has no wisdom, he has no strength, he has no focus except for his own desires. And God is going to redeem us through him. But God is not finished with us here. He purposes to go one step further and gives us how this man interacts in a normal spectrum of life and his this special individual doesn't act like the normal individual he's a brute he doesn't speak well he doesn't interact well he doesn't socialize well and the only thing he wants he's back at it is what he wants but all the while the whole purpose behind this is god's forgiveness god's restoring god's reassociating his people with himself because they did one thing and that is they repented they wanted to be god's people again they wanted to serve god again and god at this time begins to show us forgiveness actually has a cost you think that when you read the Bible, when you said, if, if your brother sins against you seven times, 70 times seven, and you say, oh, my God. But God actually has a qualification on that. If you keep reading that scripture, it's going to tell you something that if he comes to you and asks you to forgive him 70 times, seven times, then it, forgiveness is not this free flowing thing like we think it is. Forgiveness costs. If you're a Christian, you know forgiveness costs. It cost Christ. It cost him his life. It cost him his lifestyle. It cost him who he actually is. He had to reduce himself. He had to become like man. He had to separate himself from the throne. If you search the scriptures and look deeply into the cost that God paid for your forgiveness, it's not a freebie. We most of the time we think is a freebie. We act like it's a freebie. We treat it like it's a freebie. We even qualify it like it's a freebie. But forgiveness is a thing of work. It's a thing of majesty. It's a thing of magnitude. And God purposed it just that way that when you got it, if you ever been forgiven, how precious it is that you might have it. If you were a child and you can remember how your mother forgave you, how your father forgave you, or when you were on the job and you made a tragic mistake and how you were forgiven and restored and brought back in. But it cost you something. It cost you part of your reputation. It cost you sometimes you were demoted. I know as a soldier that could happen to you, but it doesn't stop you from being a soldier. 
You may not be a sergeant anymore, but you a private, but you're still in the army. Hey, still in the army. You still a soldier. You still bear your weapon. You still know what you knew. You still know how to perform. And God brought us Samson. And Samson, hallelujah, Samson is demonstrative of just how rickety and poor and ignorant and disassociated and strong we are as believers. You have great strength as a believer. That forgiveness being on your life, I'm going to tell you something. If you are forgiven and you praying, there's some mighty things happening in your life. If you are forgiven and you're teaching, there's great strength in your life. But oftentimes, it is misapplied. Oftentimes, it's demonstrated for the wrong reasons at the wrong time to acquire something for yourself. That gift that God has laid on you, that is a gift of forgiveness. We misuse it. We abuse it. We take it and we bludgeon it. We take the jawbone of an ass and we whip everyone around us with it. But God has purposed that gift in us to demonstrate to others that if you come to me, watch me work in you. If you come to me, I'll raise you head leaps and bounds above your enemies. If you come to me, you cannot be subdued. If you come to me, your secret will only be between you and I. When forgiveness reaches you, and when you reach forgiveness, there, there you have your change. There you have your restoration. When you can walk in forgiveness, you don't, forgiveness doesn't flow out of you. Forgiveness comes out of you when it's drawn out of you. Your child is crying. It's drawn out of you. Your man is hungry before you asking for food. It's drawn out of you. This person is broken and needs counsel. Forgiveness is drawn out of you. And so Samson gives us such a wonderful example of God's forgiveness on our lives and how God would take you down the road least traveled to restoration if you ask him to. Bless his name. God bless you. God keep you. God strengthen you. God deliver you. God give you to be something that you probably wouldn't ask him to do. And that is to be as strong as Samson was for him. God keep you. The forgiven. The forgiven.